Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. However you may be listening, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or through any of the podcast platforms, thank you for being here. I'm your host, Pete Newbig, and today we're going to be interviewing Rob Hahn. Rob is the founder and managing partner of 7DS Associates, a strategy consulting firm specializing in creative solutions rooted in strategic analysis and data. Rob writes the well-known blog, Notorious ROB, where he opines on topics in real estate, technology, marketing, and strategy. For those of you who might have heard of Rob, he was the keynote speaker at the NARPM Broker Owner just in, I think it was in March of this year. And today we're going to go a little, we're going to do a little deeper dive into some of the topics he touched at Broker Owner. But first, before we get to Rob, let's go to our hot topic. So before you throw a hot topic though, we had uh, published couple, a couple of episodes ago about where NARPM does not give its membership free, uh, free admission to conferences if they are speaking. And I would like to everybody, I want everybody to know out there that NARPM continues to listen to its membership. And now if you are a member and you are going to be speaking at one of the conferences, broker owner or national, even if you're doing a breakout or whatever it is, you no longer will have to pay for the for the conference. So you get free admission to the conference, which I think is a great step in the right direction. So kudos to the team at NARPM and for you, the membership, bringing that up. All right, so let's get to my hot topic now. So my hot topic today is why I do not believe screen capturing is the way to manage your virtual team. So... A lot of people out there keep asking me or they want to do screen capturing or they use screen capturing to manage their virtual team, right? And to me, screen capturing is actually a crutch for lack of management. Or I will actually say, all right, you want to screen capture your team in Philippines, Mexico, Romania, wherever you have them. But now that we're virtual and our U.S.-based employees are virtual, are you screen capturing your, your, your U.S. team? Most likely not, right? So... The other thing is, who has the time to sift through hundreds or even thousands of screen captures all because you have a team member that you think is not performing? If a team member is not performing, you should know this and you should probably get rid of them, especially if they're virtually, they're a contractor, so you, you don't have to t get, gather all this data. You can just simply close the job or let, let them go and move on. So let's talk about instead of screenshots, how about we take some ownership and we manage a team? So how do we do this? Well, how about... The first thing is, is your job description detailed enough? I've seen too many job descriptions where they have maybe one or two bullet points that the employer or the company manager doesn't know exactly what that job should entail. So they just say all other duties assigned by the manager. Well, this is very ambiguous. And how do you know if they're doing a good job? And more importantly, how do they know if they're doing a good job? 
The, but the number one issue that I see with lack of management on these virtual team members or any team member is lack of metrics. Every role in your organization should have one, two, or three key performance indicators or metrics for every role. Each role should have one to three metrics. And so do you have metrics? So once is, once one is, is your job detailed enough so they know how to do the work? Two, do you have the metrics so you know if they're doing a good job? How are you measuring your team if you don't have any metrics? And then are you meeting with your team on a, you know, on a consistent basis? I used to meet with my team each week and we actually went through an agenda. We had a meeting agenda. It was 30 minutes and our meeting agenda was very similar to the EOS deal, but the agenda was five minutes of feel good, 15, uh, five minutes of metrics, reviewing the metrics, issues list, and then stress level. And so obviously feel good starts the, starts the meeting on a good note. KPIs or metrics, are they hitting their metrics? Any issues, let's put them on the list and let's solve as, a, as the manager of the, com- of the manager or the owner of the company or the CEO, your job is to make their job easier. So your, your, your job is to take obstacles out of their way so they can get their job done more efficiently. And then stress level. This is a great way to find out is the team stressed? Are they a 10 plus every week? Well, that person's probably going to burn out and leave you. Are they stressed? Because maybe there's outside influences, which gives you the opportunity to learn more about that person and build a relationship. So, okay, if they're not hitting their KPIs, then why are they not hitting their KPIs? Are they the right person in the wrong seat? Or is your training, did your training fail you? A lot of cases, that is the case. Your training is terrible. You abdicate, not delegate. You don't train. You put them in a, in a fire and say, here, go for it. Are you keep KPIs too rigid? Are they, you know, for example, maybe, um, you know, um, you want days on market to get down to 15 days, but right now they're 45 days. Well, you can't have a KPI for 15. You can't go from 45 to 15. You got to go 45 to 40 to 35. You get it. And last case is they're just the wrong person and not working out. And then the last piece of this is communication. How do you communicate? Well, we talked about like having a weekly meeting, but also you have to communicate on a daily basis. I'm a big fan of Slack to communicate. And if somebody is not communicating with me and I'm getting complaints from clients and they're not in KPIs, well, then I have two words for you. Bye, Felicia. That's it. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then my interview with Rob Hahn coming up. Thanks, everybody. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. 
By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, as promised, we got Rob Hahn here. Rob just uh, came off the, you know, he just spoke at NARPM Broker Owner. So I'm really excited to have to have Rob here. So Rob, yeah, thank you for being here, first and foremost. So I know you- Oh, thanks for inviting me, Pia. What a great opportunity. You, uh, you're welcome. So Rob, you are the managing partner of 7DS Associates, which is a That's consulting right. firm specializing in real estate. So why did you choose real estate? So uh, I don't know if choose is, is the actual right word. So this, you know, I do podcasting as well. And I'll talk to like, you know, prop tech and real estate entrepreneurs all the time. And one of my first questions is, what, what sins have you committed that you ended up in this crazy industry? <laughs> so the short answer is... And then what sins did you create to actually become a property manager for my listeners <laughs> out there, right? <laughs> I know you guys have some of the toughest parts of this industry. I, the, the short answer is I, did, I was doing internet startups. I was, around, I was one of those guys that did .com one. Sold my company to USA Networks, got bored, went out, did another startup. And 9-11 happened and our office and everything got destroyed. So I'm like unemployed. I got to find something to do. Started working with a commercial real, real estate guy. He's a big time, you know, agent broker in New York City. We were buying air, airplane hangers. True story. And sort of got the real estate bug and started and then went to work at Realogy. And then everything followed, you know, from there. So I sort of fell into it, but I stay in it for a couple of reasons. I think it's... I mean, look, real estate's the, the most important asset class probably in the world. And frankly, the residential space has some of the best people I've ever met, you know, just wonderful, wonderful human beings. So that's well, why I'm I always, here. I always tease, like uh, no one ever grows up saying, oh man, I want to be a property manager or I want to no. be a, so now there are some people who say, I want to be a real estate agent. Maybe their parents were and you know, like, yep. but very few people say, I want to be a property manager. And, and not, <laughs> I think a lot of people fall into real estate. It's such a yeah. huge it's 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 such a you know a huge industry, and you don't yeah. even realize it. And next thing you know, you're you're just in you're just in consumed in the industry. Oh, it's it's insane. Like we don't we don't even think about the fact. That I think the only asset class that's bigger than real estate might be bonds as a whole. Interesting, right? All right. So so your website notoriousrob.com has tons yes. of content. It's got a bunch of articles, podcasts, like you had mentioned. I love these red dot reports. And then you have these VIP reports, which give yeah. in-depth analysis. So the way I look at it is that you are a leading thought leader in, in the real estate industry. Ah, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Some people would say the leading shit stirrer, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but tell us more about the content that's on your site. And what can, if people went there, what, what, what yeah. kind of content would they find? Well, I, so it started off as just a personal blog. I've been doing this since 2009, 2008. I think 2008, 2009 is when I sort of started it, but I've been blogging for my entire life. I just couldn't do it in real estate because Realogy didn't allow that back in the day. So it's mostly blog posts. I started doing a lot more podcasting and video of late because I'm realizing the consumer behaviors change. People aren't reading as much anymore. They're consuming more content through you know, platforms like this one. The, the only distinction between VIP and non-VIP is what I look at. VIP tends to be stuff where I want to talk about more serious things. You know, so it's uh, the data-driven type of analysis, economics, 
company research. So I do every quarterly you know, earnings call that real estate companies do. I listen in, I look at all their numbers, and I try to think about what does this mean? But really, it's, it's strategic kind of thinking because that's what I do for a living. I'm a give strategy us, consultant. Give us an yeah. example of like one or one or two just topics that you just recently wrote on because I saw some really cool stuff. There was one about Zillow that I think I just saw. Yeah, so I, t- I talk a lot about like Zillow. So when Zillow did a quarterly earnings call, they came out with this idea of the housing super app, right? So I just went into that and started looking at that, how that impacts the real estate industry, you know, as a whole. Now, when I say real estate industry, quite frankly, I should include property management much more going forward. And we'll get into why that is. Okay. But I, I'm still biased towards the brokers and agents and MLSs and so, you know, realtor associations. So for, you know? my, for my listeners out there, Rob's the guy who read the book and then he wrote the cliff notes. And then we get to <laughs> we get to actually like, you know, uh, download all the cliff notes. Is that is that I just I, so one of my one of my things is, you know, I'm a lawyer by training. So I'll go and read things like lawsuits, right? You know, the, the actual court filings. And I'll say like, you know, I read this so you don't have to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So So that's the type of content that I specialize in. Excellent. Thank you. So again, if you want to go to his site, it's the, it's the notorious ROB.com. Yep. So we have seen a lot of changes in the property management industry since COVID, not just through regulations and legislation, but also the amount of money being invested into the space through PE firms and venture capitalists. Right. What do you see as the major threats to someone running a smaller property management firm today? So, you know, this is something we addressed during my, my speaking to the broker owners meeting, right? It's, it's a weird thing that I think it's the threat and opportunity kind of really combined. And I think that's always how things come, right? You know, that whole proverb about like the way the Chinese people write crisis is opportunity <laughs> and danger, things like that. So the threat I think is we're seeing a real rotation of capital is, is one of the, the flagship sort of events, if you will. And that started at COVID, but I think it's even continuing now with all of the crazy uncertainties that are happening. There's just a rotation of capital out of stocks and bonds, I think, into sort of more safe, like safer asset classes like real estate. So the PE, you know, the property uh, the private equity, you know, the hedge funds, the sovereign wealth funds, all these guys, the very wealthy family funds that are rotating into real estate, they're doing it because they understand their money's worth less and less every month, right? I mean, what was just the February print just came out 7.9%. That's nominal inflation. True inflation is probably closer to 16%. Wow. So if you're, if you're, you know, if you're managing a billion dollars, right? Like you can't keep that in cash. You can't keep it in bonds. So you have to find, find somewhere. I think it's real estate. So related to that then is a lot of venture capital money saying, okay, property is the next big asset class. Let's go invest in prop tech. And what that then means for the small sort of family, you know, mom and pop, if you will, property managers is, I don't know how well y'all are set up to work with institutional clients, right? And that's, it's just a quite, and again, I raised it, right? As well It's like, you might be wonderful, right? But just like in real estate, because on the sales side of things, it's very similar as well, right? That sure, you might have these big giant brokerage companies, but fact is each, every, every single real estate agent is independent contractor running their own, you know, his or her own business. So it's not clear to me how well most of those people are set up for working with a BlackRock, with a private equity fund, or even with a family you know, office that's got 50 million on their management. 
you know? So do you, do you think a threat is that they can be squeezed out? Or do you think there's I think always so. there's always going to be room for the small guy that need that? I matters. think there's always room for the small guy because specific with property management, and this is one of the things that I think is also the opportunity, right? Because in a weird way, this is the one thing is property management really has to be local. <laughs> I mean, like in theory, you could have like a centralized property management. You know, like if I'm a big corporate owner, you know, say I'm Invitation Homes, I probably have some in-house property management, right? But I have a feeling that a lot of that is focused around sort of the accounting side of the house as opposed to sort of the property management side of the house. Because if, if there's a problem at a property, you really do want somebody right there, you know, nearby. So I do think there's room. The question really isn't about that. The question then becomes how efficient are you, right? It's going to be a price competition along with sort of service competition, you know, reliability, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So it's just... I do think there's going to be some consolidation of this space. And I do think sort of the one-off doing everything, you know, without, a, without systems, without some sort of a, at least a regional, if not a national sort of technology infrastructure, I think it's going to be real difficult. Do you think that you're going to, we're going to see major growth though? Like more people are going to use property management as a oh, means? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> that's, that was a big theme. Right of my speeches, we're at this turning point. We're at this pivot point. And look, COVID, you know, that whole pandemic thing, you know, it just accelerated all trends that were already in place, right? So when you look back, look at it, it's not like COVID happened and brand new things we'd never seen before popped up, right? Instead, what happened was all of the trends that we've been seeing for like 10, 20 years just went, you know, parabolic, right? It skyrocketed. Right. So things like, so the biggest one for me is renter nation, right? That we are as a country moving away from home ownership society, you know, which was child of like, you know, the, the, the new deal, right? Of the forties. And we're moving into a, really a renter nation society. So no longer do we want the, uh, the house with the, the, the dog and the white picket fence, right? We no, no, we want it. We just can't afford it. Can't afford it. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. We want it. No, every so every study, every survey of millennials and Gen Z, they all say owning a home is like a life goal of theirs. But at the same time, they also say, I, I don't see any way that I could actually ever own a house. And it makes sense because if home prices are appreciating 18, 19% a year, wage growth is actually negative. Real wage growth is negative. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, fact is, this is a tragedy, right? It's a national. Yeah economic and social tragedy that we are essentially telling our young people, most of you are never going to own a home. Most of you are going to rent for the rest of your life. That's awful. Yeah. Having said that, from a business standpoint, look, I mean, yeah. it means property management become more and more important, right? So yeah, I think Which property that's management- a, That's an opportunity for us. Major opportunity, yeah. right? And, and I think there's something we said for not just a major opportunity, but we might have to think about property management differently, right? Like property management industry, I think y'all need to start thinking about what it is that you do slightly differently, right? So, and there's, again, I talked about this. This is a major theme. It's like in the name itself, right? Property management. Like you guys manage properties. You know, you guys manage like homes and apartments. And I'm like, okay, that's, of course that's true. But what about the renters? What about the tenants? What about the people? Right. So the real emphasis that I think if, if property managers could start thinking of it in terms of people management, right, 
it, it changes right. the dynamic. It changes your outlook. And you, right. if I recall, you said that this is something overall that we as an industry can improve upon. So Absolutely. Talk, to, talk to our, our listeners about that. Sure. Right? So how can we improve upon the renter experience, right? Well, first of all, we should call them residents, not renters, but sure. Let's- sure. So this is something that I think, again, I see as a major opportunity, right? So let, let me put it this way, that when I give presentations to the sales side of the industry, right? So I'm talking to brokers and agents, you know, the thing, I, the thing that I like to point out to them is it's far scarier for them because if we're moving away from home ownership society to rent society, their business is drying up, right? On your side of the house, though, I'm saying your business is about to expand. So the real opportunities for the two to come together, but here's the thing. What the sales side of the industry is really good at are relationships, right? What the side, what the property management side of the industry is really good at is efficiency, detail, operations, and property knowledge, right? If we blend the two, then here's what we end up with. And this is, again, it's like a slide. I, I don't know if we could show it or anything, but it's that consumer life cycle, right? I've always found it bizarre that the real estate agent doesn't think about a person, you know, like a consumer until they're ready to buy a house. And I'm like, chances are they've been renting for like five, six, 10 years before they were ready to buy a house. Why don't you know anything about them before, right? And then it turns out on the property management side, you guys know everything that there is to know about the house. Like, what repairs were done, what systems yeah. need, you know, yeah, updating. We know where the breaker box is, the water shutoff valve yeah. is, right? We, we, yeah. we go through that house you know, exactly. with a fine tooth comb. Correct. What do you know about the resident? That there's, you know, the credit, credit history. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. You know, the FICO score, you know, how, whether they miss and, if, and if they have a pet or not. <laughs> Correct. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What if, whereas if you look at the CRM type stuff, activities that real estate agents do, they know, you know, potential buyers, their clients' birthdays, their children's names, their dogs' names, you know, what their hobbies or what magazines they'd be. They, they really understand that client so that, you know, they can say, okay, we think you should live in this zip code versus that one. We think you'll like this type of house versus that type of house. Or if you're selling, hey, we know you're looking for this type of outcome from this sale or, or whatever. I'm like, look, let's blend the two. If you guys as an industry knew about the tenant, then then we could actually complete the tenant life cycle circle, right? So this was a big opportunity. This is a big theme of the talk is like somebody, you know, goes, I'm, you I'm like, like, even, like, you get them from like a student type. Yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. So talk yeah, to, cause talk when I was a college student, cycle, I rented, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Okay. Could you just imagine if, if the, if the property manager that I was renting this apartment from knew about me, kept in touch with me, and then just, you know, help track me at, in, on my sort of life journey. You know, I went from being a college student, renting student housing to a new graduate, you know, renting some crappy apartment with three other people, right? right? I made some more money and now I'm renting my own place, right? Right. And then I get engaged. We rent another nicer you rent, place. Now you rent the house, right? Now you're out of the apartment. Now you rent Correct. The and then all of a sudden, hey, we're about, about to have a kid. We're going to have a well, Let's go buy a house. The amount of and then sort of business- and then I got some some extra cash and I want to invest it. I want to buy an investment property, right? That would or be- really, what what will end up happening is that this this actually happened to me, right? We moved states. Hey, you know, we bought a house, moved to another house. Why do we? Let's not sell the old house. Right. We can afford to buy a new house. Let's buy a new house. Let's do the other one as investment property. The accidental landlords, as you say, right? right? My point is, at this point, there is no professional. There's no company. There's no industry that helps that person achieve all of their sort of life goals that's related to real estate and housing because y'all don't know. 
you don't keep track. Imagine if we did, right? The opportunities are unreal. You know, it's, it's, and that's something that I think the real estate side, you know, really wants uh, to get a better handle on. And the property management side also really wants to get a handle on. <clears throat> because look, just from a, a dollars and cents perspective, the amount of revenue that would, you know, all of the referrals back and forth, you know, that's obviously a big one. But even being up before that, if we really are moving to this sort of renter nation type society, like we know regulations coming, we know legislation is coming, we know Congress critters are going to do what Congress critters do. But boy, if we could not have real estate agents be seen as like these, you know, greedy, selfish, like people and property managers seen as these horrible folks you never want to hear from, you know, like if we could do something about the image of the overall industry, I think it could help everyone because that's not, I mean, look, there are always exceptions, right? But there's something that like, for example, Scott Brady talks about, you know, all the time, which is look, as property managers, you interface with people, Right. Who who are not 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 necessarily the best sort of place in their lives in some cases, right? So if you treat them well, like they're going to have a much more positive experience, much more positive view of the property manager and also the landlord, you know, of the property, all of it, right? So I I think it's something important for the entire industry to do. But you guys are at the core of it. You guys are at the pivot point of it, and that's an amazing opportunity. And that is one of, you know, one of the things that NARPM is trying to do is, right, elevate, or is it all boats rise right. in, in, in high tide, right? They're, they're right. trying to get it where the, that, that stigmatism of property managers are bad, you know, bad people. Right. They're trying to, we're trying to change that one right. step at a time. Right. Well, thanks, Rob. So many of us <clears throat> that are listening are losing doors due to investors selling their assets. Sure. And reluctant landlords not having to be reluctant landlords anymore because they can sell right. their home quickly and above right. market. Right, right. Based on your research, why are housing prices increasing across the country? And in your opinion, do you expect a correction or a collapse in the next right. couple of years? So I'm kind of a weirdo on this question. And let's keep in mind, I'm not a trained economist. <clears throat> okay, so trained economists, you know, might have a different perspective on this. On the other hand, I console myself in saying, look, look at the track record of trained economists the last 10 years. <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, in any event... I apologize any trained economists who are listening. I don't think housing prices have gone up fundamentally. I, I don't, I, 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 this again was something I talked about in the presentation. I don't believe we have a hot housing market. I believe what we have is dollar devaluation. Interesting. And it's especially apparent after COVID. But if you look, we've been printing money like crazy, you know, since the great financial crisis, right? Since the real estate bubble burst. So if you just look at the Fed's balance sheet, it's been steadily going up and then COVID hit and it goes like cliff, you know, straight up, right? So I don't, I, that, that's number one, which then says, I don't believe that we're going to see home prices collapse anytime soon. And, and by anytime soon, I mean, until we have some sort of reset, something major happen in the monetary system, I don't see that happening. Because if you, it's, it's an interesting thing, and again, I showed this during the presentation, there's a site, a website out there called Priced in Gold. It's real interesting to go look at the price of homes if you price it in ounces of gold. It's actually not up. You know what I'm saying? It's actually below what it was in like 2007. So 
So this really I don't is think, yeah. inflation or the, the, Correct. the devaluation. So the one of the things I've always wanted to know, and maybe you guys know, right? Because you're dealing with these mom and pop investors, the accidental landlords. One of the things I've always been curious about, okay, you sold your home. Great. You doubled your money. Great. What are you going to do with this money? Where are you putting it? Where are you putting it? Right. Because right now, if you park it, it's you're you're losing money, right? Because Correct. of the inflation. Correct. So if I'm parking so, it, waiting for the waiting for the market to recorrect and rebound, and it dot and it goes down, and right. I buy again, it's right. It's nuts. So here's the thing. I'm saying. So look at the big institutions, right? The you know hedge funds and sovereign wealth funds managing you know fifty billion dollars, the best investors in the entire world, right? Mm-hmm. They're all moving out of traditional financials into real estate. Yeah. So you're a retail investor. Why are you moving out of retail real of real estate when all of the professionals are moving in? I, where are you, where are you putting your money? So I'm I'm real curious about it. I mean, they must know. They must look. I get it. If you have some other needs, if you want to move out of state or something, you know, and. Well, okay. Maybe downsize. Maybe you're a little bit older, and you're and you're yeah. going to sell your your portfolio. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great question, and I think as property managers, when we have an investor that is looking to sell, we should ask that question and have this kind of conversation. Absolutely. With them. Yeah. So I put myself because I'm I'm one of those, right? Like we have a little property up in Utah. I think about it, okay. Let's see where to sell that. What what are we going to do with this money? Right. Right. Like we have to have something that's going to clear the inflation hurdle. And in my view, the true inflation is not 7.9. 7.9 is nominal inflation, the government tells us, and it's all both. I think the true inflation is probably closer to 15, maybe 16%. Wow. Right? Do you think that's going to continue over the next year or two? I don't see how it doesn't. Yeah, how it doesn't, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and again, I'm, I'm biased because I'm influenced by some of the analysts that I follow, right? Some of the macro analysts. And you know, for listeners, like some of the best, one of the best out there that I think makes the most sense is a gentleman by the name of Luke Roman. Luke Roman. Groman, G-R-O-M-E-N. He runs a company called Forest for the Trees. And he's been sounding this alarm for a while, right? That the monetary and fiscal condition of the US is not sustainable. And I don't so yeah, I'm kind of with him in terms of what the government can do, the Fed can do with respect to, you know, things like quantitative easing, quantitative tightening. I mean, there's probably gonna be a one, maybe two rate hikes, and then they're gonna have to back right off. Right, because uh, when you say rate, it's hike, just about gonna, interest rate. You're gonna have to interest rate hike. Yeah. yeah, try to tamp down the inflation thing, but right. that is one of yeah, the then, main. That yeah. is one of the main levers to use. Correct. Um, correct. Yeah, but then now we're in a recession, right? If not an outright depression, right. and and but I love the way wants, that nobody Luke, wants to be sitting in the presidency when there's a recession or an outright depression. Right. I, I love the way Groman put it. It's like, look, uh, your choices are either ten percent inflation or ten percent unemployment. Mm. Which do you pick, right? So given that, and like people like Ray Dalio has been talking about this, every time that governments were confronted with this problem, they've always printed money. Always. So I'm like, okay, well, look, if we're going to print the money, then okay, okay, I don't believe real estate prices have gone up. Right? Right. I believe the dollars be devalued. So I don't see that changing for the next three to five years. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. So. All right. So, well, you kind of answered this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit different here. So, if you had sure. a magic ball and could look into the future, which you just did for us a little bit, yeah. But here, um, what do you think the single family property management industry looks like? Oh, that's such a good question. I, there's been so much change just since I've gotten into it in the last ten <laughs> or fifteen years. So, like, it's yeah. it, and it is just 
increasing rapidly. The change is just exponential. So yeah, yeah so yeah. I like to hear from the futuristic Rob Hahn. Sure. So let me <clears> let me give you kind go of go out there and you know next five ten years. <laughs> so let me let me try and answer this one two ways. One is I'll give you kind of the absolute like science fiction futurism one, right? And then we'll talk about potentially what's a little bit more realistic, you know, because you know predicting the future. Gosh, if I knew the future, then I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right Right. You, you, the, in, the interview would be interviewing you and you'd be like in Belize or something, right? In the Caribbean. <laughs> right. Or, or I'll be like, hey, so I created this company because uh, I know exactly what the future is going to be. But I think as a whole, there are, so, so just look at the mega trends and how that's going to impact the industry, right? The mega trends are basically inflation, monetary system, you know, devaluation of the currency. Uh, would the you put, second would you thing, put legislation there too, as one. Well, legislation, things? all of that is going to follow that mega trend. Got it. Okay. The second mega trend, though, is technology, and there's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Booth that I think everyone should check out. He wrote a book called Price of Tomorrow, and what he talks about is exponential growth in technology, right? And it's it's true, you know, like we're old enough to remember when you know this thing that we carry around in our pockets, right? The yeah, your iPhone, phone, your phone, mm -hmm. this thing is a supercomputer, right? <laughs> and just 10 years ago, just, just, and that's the thing, like just think back 10 years ago, what the technology was in your phones or in your computers, then you compare it to today, it's not close. Right. It's, it's weird. And the thing is, because human beings have a real tough time, the sort of getting our minds around this notion of exponential growth. So I think that's the second big trend, right? So, and then the third big trend, which I've talked about at the presentation is demographics, right? Which is that millennials and Gen Z are not getting married and not having babies. So that's the third big trend. If you put all of them together, I think what you end up with is, again, from a sci-fi future type standpoint, I think there are probably going to be far fewer human beings doing a lot more work, right? And I think they'll be doing it. So obviously things like AI, big data, you know, things like that will absolutely come into the space because so much of what you guys do specifically, the low level work that some of you are farming out to, you know, overseas, the call centers and such, a lot of that will likely be able to be handled by AI, right? So not even, you know, just outsourcing that way, literally like paying 1995 a month for access to some giant AI call center, you know, with right. perfect voices, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that accounting, you know, a lot of the detail stuff. So I think that's what that then says is, okay, it's not like property management is going to go away. Right. Because you guys are so local, right. <clears throat> you're like, you're, you're in a way like service providers, like plumbers and electricians, HVAC techs, Right. You, you just can't outsource that to India. You know, it, it just can't happen. And there's a limit to what AI and robots can do, you know, when your toilet's clocked. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Right. So in a very similar way, there's some limits as to what property management looks like. When I've got a property in rural, in, you know, Utah in a vacation market, I, I, you know, some guy living, sitting here in Vegas isn't going to be able to help me. I need someone there, right? So I do think there's going to be survival. However it means that you will be able to do 10 times, 100 times the volume you're doing today, right? So what does that, what does that imply for competition? We see the same thing in residential real estate, right? Agent teams are completely eating the industry because they're able to be much more efficient. And I think as technology gets exponential, we're going to get more and more and more efficient. 
So that's that's the biggest trend. The future, real futuristic sci-fi thing, specifically with respect to your with property management. I really see a national sort of database of some kind. Because that's one of the things that you guys don't have. Like you have data on the property, but we just talked about, you don't know a whole lot right. about the residents, right? Yeah. I do see that happening. There's a company out there. I can't remember their name on top of my head. I saw the news come across. It's a venture-backed startup. And what they want to do is make it possible for large institutional landlords and their property managers to be able to tell a resident who's leaving one apartment in San Francisco and moving to Phoenix to say, we know all this about you. Why don't you think about renting one of our units in Phoenix, right? right. Here's the location. Here's the school system. Here's the blah, right. blah, blah. Here's everything. And oh, by the way, because you're sort of transferring within our, our, we'll give you our portfolio, yep. you get discounts or you, know, you don't have to go the same. Yep. I see that being applied across the entire country, maybe if not the world, wow. right? Where it's almost like, I don't even, I guess we'll call it like a rental MLS maybe. Right, where you guys could start sharing information about properties, about I've residents. Always, I've always wanted a national database for the deadbeat tenants, right? The ones sure. That, the ones that sure. don't pay. Uh, sure. I believe they have this like in Australia, but we don't have it here in the States. So, I, yeah. You know, so it'd be very similar, right? Instead of just yeah. using it for, for making sure that we don't put somebody bad in our house, it's used for even when we have good people, like yeah. let's get them. Let, let's yeah. let's let's get them over or or move them to a different location, different house. Correct. That stays within Correct. our our. Um, Correct. Our, our I see something houses. like that combined with what I mentioned about the fusion of property management and real estate sales, right? Where we as an industry can track a person from the moment they graduate high school, like are they yeah. you know Almost they're no like longer living on the grave, mom and dad's yeah. roof, right? <laughs> yep. yep. To the point they're in the you know in the hospice care, right? Like, if we could do that, again, not in some real creepy, like, what Facebook and what other, you know, like, right. not in some privacy invading type of way, but because we know that all of us, all of us have to live somewhere. All of us have, you know, are, are interacting with space, with real estate, with housing. If we could figure out how to serve them right, more effectively, I think it just improves things for everybody. So I think that's the sci-fi future that I'm seeing. Slightly less sci-fi version of it, I suppose, is I do I could see, excuse me, some sort of we'll call it aggregation consolidation, right? So it doesn't have to be like straight up M and A. You know, I don't, you know, where and I think you guys are having that as well, right? You have these sort of so national property management companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily the way. Just because centralization, we might be on the cusp of that going away but i could see like no everyone being plugged in if you will into some sort of a network some sort of technology some sort of back end that allows you all to work more much more efficiently maybe more like like a loose alliance if you will like a you know as opposed to okay my company just got bought by you know big giant property management conglomerate you know kind of thing but I could see something like that happening in the short term because that'll help bridge some of the some of the gaps towards the sci-fi future of like everyone's you know information is on the blockchain and it's being shared through decentralized methods. Like who knows? So that's that's how I look at it. But even in the short term, I will say this: I do think it's relatively straightforward and easy to predict that every single property manager will become more efficient. 
because technology is advancing, whether we like it or not, and technology makes people more efficient, right? Yeah, and the issue is this, because I say this in some of my other presentation, technology doesn't make you better. This is a mistake that people think about, right? So like I have Microsoft Word, right? Before I had Word, I had typewriters. Before I had typewriters, I was writing out longhand. The typewriter didn't make me a better writer. It just let me write faster. The word processor doesn't make me a better writer. It just lets me write faster. What that says is, if you are great at what you do, then being more efficient lets you be great more efficiently. If you suck at what you do, (laughs) then being efficient means you suck faster in front of more people. So I know this is an issue for you all in the property management side. That's going to be something you have to think about in the next three to five years. I, you know, it's funny. I got a, I got a quick story about that. So I thought I I had a wrong structure on on maintenance when I owned my company, Empire Industries, mm-hmm. and our maintenance was getting beat up. And so I said, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna order this software. I'm gonna get this software. It's gonna make us more efficient." And it literally did the opposite. It made things <laughs> even worse right. until I solved the the, the root cause. Right. Then the software became a blessing. But at first, right. there was a curse. Because right. we had the wrong structure, the wrong, you know, just, just, just the wrong everything. And once right. we were able to fix it, then it became like, so when you said, if you suck and, and it, you, you exponentially suck when you're more efficient. That's right. It, <laughs> and if you're great, you exponentially are better. You know, it's, and anyone who's ever sent the wrong, like group email knows what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like if you just wrote the, you know, like by hand, could you imagine you sent the wrong note to somebody right by <laughs> hand? It's one person. Do it over email. It's all of a sudden 15,000 people got the wrong email. Like, oh my God, you're so embarrassed. And, oh yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. All right, so, so Rob, we're going to take a quick, quick break here, quick cool. commercial break. And then we're going to come back. And this I did not tell you in the green room, but we're going to do a mm-hmm. lightning round. All and, right. And when we come back, I'm going to do a kind of rapid fire questions, quick answers. All right, think let's quick. do it. All right, so we'll be right back after these messages. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, 
all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're here for the the lightning round with Rob Hahn. All, All right. right, Rob, you ready? You're ready. in the hot seat now. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in business? Business overall or property management or real estate? Just business overall. You could say, let's say real estate. That's okay, <clears throat> no, because it's a little different. I think young person starting out, understand that you don't know All right. Those That's probably advice from for the younger me. You know, I was like, I'm all arrogant. I know all this. These boomers, they don't know anything yeah. now. You don't know. <laughs> experience matters. All right. Sounds good. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. I actually yes. like pineapple on pizza. You like pe oh, okay. All right. Do you use virtual team members in your business? Yes, absolutely. By graphic design. In fact, my whole company is essentially virtual. Nice. What book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life? Currently reading is probably not that it's not going to have a huge impact. I'm reading a book called Lords of Finance. Uh, that's it's just fun. The one that I will say that really impacted me is the book I mentioned in the other segment. Jeff yeah. Booth, Price of Tomorrow. Price of Tomorrow. Jeff Booth, yeah. Price of Tomorrow. Blew my mind. And if you guys are listening to this, if you're not watching the video, he literally has two bookcases like 10 feet high with like every <laughs> space of his book. So he's, he probably can give us a thousand books that, to, uh, that, that, is, that he's read. Well, to be fair, most of those books are sci-fi and fantasy books. I'm a huge, <laughs> huge sci-fi fantasy geek. <laughs> what Disney character do you most associate with? Oh, I've never been asked this before. Disney character do I most associate with? Wow. Yeah, we stumped the great Rob. Totally Hunt. stumped. I got to think about that one. All right. Well, we'll give you Mickey Mouse for right now. And then we can move <laughs> on. <laughs> what is one challenge that you are currently facing in your business? The trying to balance out how much I need to travel versus how little I like traveling. Well, you know, because again, as a consultant, that's what I've done. I was traveling 60, 70% of the time. And after COVID, I, I went two years without traveling. And I really liked it. So I'm trying to figure out how can I do what I do without having to get on airplanes every other week? Got it. What is your ideal vacation? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, man, you're stumping me. Stumped him again. But here's why, because I, I don't have an ideal vacation that my wife doesn't also find ideal. And our tastes differ slightly. So. Mm -hmm. You know, you she like, loves like the beach like, and laying you, okay, you out. Okay, you like and you like action. Do you like the action? Yeah, yeah, stuff? yeah. So you know, something that combines beach vacation with like touring ancient ruins and you know museums and right. opera we'll, houses. I we'll think put your Playa del Carmen. Then you can go go to Playa, <laughs> hang out on the beach, and then you can go check out the uh, the the the, the, the ruins. You know, maybe, maybe something like you know Monaco or you oh, know nice. Nice, France, right? Okay. So then we could do the beach thing and then take a train ride to the Paris I, Opera. I, I got to tell you, I always find it funny when I ask this question to entrepreneurs, they always yeah. have a hard time answering this one. 
because they never take a freaking vacation. Yeah, yeah I'm like, what's a vacation? <laughs> what is this vacation you speak of? Talk about, I, what do you mean? I, I just travel around and I, and I give speeches. That's a vacation. <laughs> is this where I can work on my laptop on the beach That's instead right. of at home? That's right. <laughs> so other than the NARPM podcast, what is a podcast that you would recommend? Well, there's mine, right? There's the notorious POD. A friend of mine and I, we do something called industry relations. So those are real estate podcasts that we like. Other than that, I'm a huge fan of history podcasts. Okay. So I, in fact, learned, you know, sort of got into podcasts from Dan Carlin. Hardcore History is probably one of my favorites. History of Rome by Mike Duncan is amazing. Revolutions by Mike Duncan is amazing. I thought you were going to give me a sci-fi podcast after you, after all those books behind you. That was I know. I really should get into more sci-fi. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I can't. Maybe I should start doing a sci-fi. I don't know. <laughs> I have strong uh, opinions, but as I like to say, I have strong opinions weekly held so that if I, there's new evidence, then I'll change my mind. You know? <laughs> and then yeah. last one here, which do you prefer, dogs or cats? Dogs. Dog guy. I have All two right. rescue mutts. Oh, nice. Right here, actually, being very good right being now. Very good. Nice. Yeah. So, Rob, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to, to contact you? You know, the website probably is the best way, NotoriousRob.com, that you're so kind enough to get out there. I'm on Twitter as at Rob Han. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. Nice. And if you want to join NARPM, please go to NARPM, N-A-R-P-M dot org, or call the good folks there at 800-782-3452. My name is Pete Newbig. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you have any virtual team member needs, go to our website, vpmsolutions.com, or you can email me directly at pete at vpmsolutions.com. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org. 